Hey everyone, how you doing? It's Nally here. This podcast has been recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. A couple of quick things. One, your listener calls are the best, chuck out the rest. If you have a question, comment or story to share with me, please go to nellythomas.com and follow the links or there's a link in the show notes. I promise it is super easy. The highlight of this podcast for me really is hearing from you. So I hope you'll take a chance and send me a message and you might just hear it on an upcoming episode. Now, if you want to support the podcast and keep it coming out for free, please rate, review and sign up to Dear Nelly Plus for five bucks a month and you get a bonus episode every month. Our bonus episodes so far have included things like talking to young people about sex. We did a deep dive on listener letters. In March, I did a bit of an intergenerational chat and talked to a 20-something and 30-something year old about what it's like out there in the dating world for them. Um, In April, we released a recording of the live show we did for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And most recently in May, I talked to comedian Brad Oakes about his polyamorous relationship. If you sign up, you get access to all of those episodes. Plus, you help me pay all the people involved in making the podcast. For more information about that, see the show notes or go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. Now, one quick thing. This is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So off you fuck. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Hey 
everyone, how you doing? It's Nelly here. Today we are back with the second special episode. Now, for those of you who didn't listen last week, it will be a combination of new segments, some best ofs, and some brand new listener calls. I'm going to do a culture share on the TV show Queen Charlotte, which I loved and which I reckon ironically has quite a bit of overlap with Dear Nelly. I've got a couple of memes, we'll have a general chat. Um, I've also put in a great segment from our May subscriber episode. Most of you wouldn't have heard it and I thought it should be shared far and wide. It's about dating after you've experienced trauma. A listener, well, she kind of calls me out in the nicest possible way. And once again, she's bloody right. So I highly recommend you stay tuned and listen to that. It's a great reminder to think about things from a range of perspectives. So that call is from the Dear Nelly Plus bonus episode with Brad Oaks. And just a reminder again that you can sign up for five bucks a month and you can get access to all of those, the past ones and the ones that are coming up. Now, another thing last week, I talked about some menopause slash middle-aged slash single mum and mental health challenges. And I just want to say thank you for your beautiful messages. There's a few more included today. And again, just to remind you that I'm okay, right? I shared that stuff in the hopes that I would prompt those of you in the same boat to grab the oars and wade into land for some help. And I'm so pleased to say that it's worked. I've had messages already from listeners who've taken the leap booked in to see GPs, mental health professionals, sought other help, which is just so wonderful. And also just for all of you, I hope you listen right through the end of that episode, even after the theme song for Tina's Cracker Message. God, it cracked me up. Um, Update, am I better? Nah, but I'm on the way. Hey, Nelly. What I really love about your podcast is it's like the best combination of daggy magazine agony aunt combined with let's have 10 cocktails go out and have a dance with the most wide range of queer folk you can find and you mash those two together you add in a little side of tupperware party and you have got this podcast, which is unlike anything else that I've actually had a chance to listen to. It makes the world not seem so lonely. It makes laughing at yourself seem perfectly normal. And I really appreciate it. So thanks so much for doing what you do, Nelly. Yeah, two thumbs up. Thanks. Dearest Nelly, just want to let you know how much I love your podcast and how it's so important for me each week. I just love listening to it and hearing the wise words of yourself and your guests just makes me feel like I'm part of a community and the conversations are just so, oh, I don't know, on point or just what I need to hear. And anyway, I think you're awesome. Your guests are great. It's fun. That's just amazing. Anyway, um, also I thought a good idea for a guest might be Emma Race's friend Gail. She sounds like she knows shit. Anyway, take care, Nelly. You're awesome. Thank you. All right, let's get to our culture share. 
Queen Charlotte. Now, Queen Charlotte, most of you, I assume, would have heard of it because it's been circling around social media and water cooler conversations. It's a TV show on Netflix. It is a prequel to that smash hit series Bridgerton, which I loved. But I actually think Queen Charlotte's better. Like, it's far, far better from my point of view. I think I loved it more because it features the older cast members, especially the women, and their stories from when they were younger, but also how that translates into life as an older woman. So the basis of the show is looking at Queen Charlotte's younger life. She was betrothed at the age of 17. It was kind of a trade deal between Germany and England. So she married who we now know as the historical figure, and forgive the language because I don't like it, but quote-unquote Mad King George. So she marries this guy, um, he ignores her, well she thinks he's ignoring her, and she finds out, long story short, without too many spoilers, that he has some significant mental health challenges. Now imagine at that time the treatment that he received, even as the King of England, um, was... Nothing short of appalling. I actually found watching it really, really difficult. Um, For those of you who, if you've spent any time in a psych ward, in a mental health facility, if you have significant mental health challenges, I would actually say, as we say now, trigger warning, I probably wouldn't watch it. Like it's really full on. The treatment of King George, which is probably the only part of the whole show that's really historically accurate, is nothing short of torture. What I loved about the show, a number of things, there are a few moments that I thought were overlap with Dear Nelly. One of them is in the episode where they marry, Queen Charlotte tries to escape, which is quite funny. Uh, And then there's an exchange with her future mother-in-law about what's appropriate to wear to the wedding. And essentially the English mother-in-law is saying, tone it down. And Queen Charlotte, in her first act of defiance, wears the wedding dress that she wants to wear. And on one level, it's just like a banal fashion moment, but it really isn't. It is about her throwing an elbow early, letting the in-laws know, this is who I am. This is how you need to take me. Now, in the case of Queen Charlotte, that is her European heritage. It is the fact that she is black. It is the fact that she is feisty. It is like there's a whole range of things in there. But it made me think... I think it's really important that we tell young people actually not to capitulate really early to in-laws because it's really hard to unring that bell. If you start off pretending to be someone that you're not, or if you let them treat you in a way that you don't feel respected, which is essentially what happened to her, it's really, really hard to wind that back later. So I thought that was a quite pivotal moment of this young woman just defiantly going, nope. I'm marrying into the family. If I want to wear that dress, that's the dress I'm going to wear. And I don't care if you like it. And I was doing a little fist pump as I was watching. Um, Lady Danbury. Oh, anyone who's a fan of Bridgerton. I mean, Lady Danbury's always been a highlight. She's just the most poised, calm, stunning, clever, all the things. Like she's an incredible, incredible character. And her backstory is really interesting. We talk a lot about affairs on Dear Nelly and, you know, the grey area that they can sometimes be. I've admitted before I was used to be very black and white about affairs. I still don't think they're a great idea, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's not as easy as saying, 
one person's wrong, one person's right, and that it is a terrible thing in all situations. Lady Danbury's story, if you choose to watch the show, I think shows that grey area. The other thing that's incredible, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but not a huge one. Um, In the end, she chooses to remain single. So her husband dies. She has the opportunity to remarry. And when I say opportunity, in those days to not remarry would have not only been scandalous, but absolutely dangerous. I mean, you did not have access to owning property, you know, your title would have been in doubt. There's a whole range of things that would have left you vulnerable as a single woman. And to see her just kind of go, you know what, I'm not doing that again. Um, I don't want to have more children. I don't want to be someone's wife. I want to be independent is really fascinating. And um, again, if you consider the historical context, incredibly brave. Um, Look, whether you're a monarchist or not, I think you'd have to watch this show and acknowledge that hereditary obligations are an absolute shit show. I mean, of course, they're all incredibly privileged, um, but the obligations that are placed on them to produce heirs and act in a certain way and hide who you are. And I mean, it's kind of Charles and Diana and Camilla and all that kind of stuff, um, but at another time. Then there's the horrors of that sort of repressed puritanical Anglo-Saxon parenting. I mean, is that even parenting? You know, it's kind of pop out an air, give them to the nanny, never see them again, and just the consequences of that. And even though, you know, we're away from that, um, I think there's still an element of that in in our culture in Australia. Um, It's changed significantly, but, you know, you can see it certainly in living generations and the con- the um, consequences, you know, of that sort of coldness um, that we see in some of those cultures. Obviously, I mean, it's a Shonda Rhimes production. The race relations are significant part of the show. And I mean, you know, what can you say? The good old days weren't that good. I mean, it was absolutely horrendous. And a reminder that people, for a range of reasons, had so few choices. I mean, as I said, to be unmarried as a woman especially was almost unthinkable. Women were, I mean, this wasn't like cloaked in any other language. They were, women were breeders, you know, they were there to produce, uh, to keep the bloodline going. And that's pretty much it. Um, There's a couple of gorgeous gay men in the series who are desperately in love, but of course, painfully in the closet. Uh, The consequences if you were infertile were significant um, and very personal. Whole range of things that would have been attributed, that would have been attributed to, none of them good. And just made me think, it's just that reminder, we have so many more choices these days. I mean, in Australia, obviously we don't have complete freedom, but we have so much more freedom. And I think sometimes we need to sit back and be grateful for it. And not only that, but use it. You know, just that reminder, if you want to be single, be single. If you want to divorce, you can do it. If you don't want kids, don't have them. I think it's not enough for us to know that we can. We actually have to do those things if we know um, that they're not serving us. Obviously, it's more complicated, but I can't help thinking about how those women, and there's many more in the world today, would die, literally die to have the choices that we have. Um, on a very superficial level, oh, the costumes, 
the costumes. I love the costumes, especially the wigs. Like, it's such high camp. It's so, so beautiful. Like, you know, disgustingly opulent and all that sort of stuff, but just absolutely gorgeous. And look, no spoilers, but I thought the ending was gorgeous. It really was um, completely unrealistic. Not true historically, but such a beautiful ending. And there's one particular moment, anyone who's watched it will know, there's a moment where you just think, oh, it really is those little banal in-jokes between a couple that mean everything to the couple. And no one from the outside would understand the significance, but they're just beautiful. So... Look, Queen Charlotte, it's on Netflix. I bloody loved it. I'd love to know what you think about it. And five stars from me. Okay, so here's one of my memes for the week. This is Alchemicaling. A L. C-H-E-M-I-C-H-E-A-L-I-N-G. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's on Instagram. And oh, this one hit me. It says, because obviously, again, if you've been listening, you know that I'm in therapy. I'm in a new type of therapy. It's pretty intense. It's full on. It's great, but you know, it's a lot. Um, and this meme says, people in therapy are often in therapy to deal with the people in their lives who won't go to therapy. Now, that's not entirely true in my case, but there's certainly some truth in it. And I thought that might hit some of you between the eyes. Um, it just reminds me of how when we talk about therapy, I'm a huge advocate for it, but I think the risk is that what it does is places the responsibility for well-being back on the individual. And if an individual is in a sick environment, then they are going to be sick, right? So, you know, I've attended many gigs, for example, or I've emceed them or I've been a speaker or whatever, and I'll be in a workplace where they're bringing, you know, they're having a well-being day and everyone's being told to you know, do various relaxation techniques and all these other things. And there's so many times where I want to just stop and go, if they all finished work at five o'clock on the dot and went home and could go for a walk and cook dinner, they would feel better. Um, If their boss wasn't a bully, they would feel better. If you didn't have a culture of perfectionism or criticism or overwork or underpay or whatever it is, they would feel better. But what we've begun to, not begun to do, what we've been doing, I think, for a couple of decades now is saying to people, if you don't feel well, there's something wrong with you. Now, that could also apply to a school situation. That could apply to your extended family. It could apply to your relationship. It could apply to any situation in which you are around groups of people. And if those people themselves aren't healthy and, you know, going back to the meme, if they're not in therapy, maybe they don't need to be in therapy, but if they're exhibiting behaviours that are damaging other people, well, other people are going to be damaged. So that's not me not telling you not to go to therapy, but I just thought it was a reminder that we've got a fucking bizarre situation at the moment, I think, where we're blaming individuals um, for sicknesses in environments and in society. Okay, and my second theme, which is from normal and relaxed at Internet Hippo on Instagram, says it's easy to be happy and nice, 
But the real power move is being miserable and nice. How am I doing? Real shitty, dude. Very bad. Can I help you move or anything, though? (laughs) And again, yes, um, you know, it's just funny and it's trite in a way. But there's something deep in that, too, I think. Like, it's easy to be a great person or a kind person or a loving person or thoughtful or all those things when everything's going well, you know, when you win, how often do we see this with sports people? You know, they're absolutely fantastic in victory. I think the real test of character is how you behave when the shit hits the fan. Um, And again, not trying to make this all about me, but you know, I go through periods where, I am depressed, you know, that's the truth. And I'm in no way saying that I'm perfect in those moments. In fact, I find it much, much harder to connect with the people that I love, for example. But fuck, I try. And I reckon lots of you who are listening try too. And at the very least, I think what we can try and do is take responsibility for our behavior and seek help. You know, I don't know about you, but I have various friends family members, whoever, um, who go through difficult times. We all do. Uh, I have a really high tolerance for that as long as they are at least attempting to do something about it. It's not about perfection for other people or for me, but it's about owning your shit. You know, it is not a free pass. I'm going through a period of depression. That's not a free pass to be an asshole. And I think in the context of our listeners, it's really important to remember that in relationships, like absolutely, we have to have tolerance and acceptance and love and compassion for people who are going through difficult times, but you're not a punching bag. And I don't mean that literally and metaphorically. There is still accountability um, for all of us. Again, that's not about perfection. It's not about faking a good mood. It's not about, you know, getting everything right. But it's also not a free pass to be mean, you know, or certainly to be cruel or anything like that. So that's the real power move, right, is still maintaining your integrity and hopefully, you know, doing the least harm that you can when you're feeling like that. So that one hit me. Yeah. Right. Are you ready for some listener calls? I think so. All right. All right. I think you're ready. So just to give you some background, one of because this call is is just a little trigger warning. There is stuff in there about trauma, right? And the reason I've given you this call is for obvious reasons. You have had DV in your family background. I know you're sensitive to that issue. One of the things that I, we talk about a lot in the podcast is that If you are, say, recently divorced, but not even, it might not be recently divorced, it might just be that you're not in a good space, that it's not a great place to start dating from, right? That you're vulnerable if you know that you're dating, for example, out of terrible loneliness or insecurity or whatever it is, it makes you vulnerable. Our caller um, wrote to me quite rightly and basically said, look, that's pretty rough for people with a trauma background, because they may feel like they're always in that space. Um, hi, Nelly. I'm a very big fan of the show, enjoying it a lot. 
Um, and I'm a single woman who's 47. I um, uh, separated from a long-term partner eight years ago. And um, one of the things that I noticed about the podcast is that you often say with your co-hosts, look, don't be dating unless you're unless you're in a good place or unless you're okay. And I think that's, at first that's really sensible because it is really, it's, it's hard, you know, it's a, it's a, it requires a lot of, um, a lot of resilience and reflection and, um, and strength because people are humans. Um, but one thing I wanted to mention is that it can make it quite um, off-putting and hard for those of us who have um, either uh, periods of difficult times with mental health or have um, significant trauma in your background. So, you know, I, um, I do have a history of growing up in an unsafe place and, um, and that has ongoing effects for my ability to start relationships and it's really hard and really heartbreaking um, and it's really hard for the other person and I haven't found someone who can uh, get me through that first few months where I tend to um, end up in in a panic, and I think it can be it can be really hard to promote that culture that if you're out there, um, everyone's got to be pretty tough, and uh, you've got to be up for it. Uh, I think I'd rather hear a bit more of a nuanced conversation about how you can do this, and you can try, and you can have um, you can do it with support. You can learn. Um, I feel like I'm slowly getting there. My last relationship was a couple of months. Um, I'm starting to feel like I can do it. And, uh, you know, it's it's not an easy time for those of us, but we're entitled to find that and to try and find that as well. So um, that's, I think, my comment. Sorry, that's a bit long, um, but uh, but I know you'll, you'll receive it with um, with the love that, that you receive these things. Thanks, Nellie. Bye. So can I say firstly that I I really appreciate this call and I reckon it would have been a really hard call to make and we've had, you know, we've been emailing each other about it. One of the things I appreciate just on a general level, I don't think she'd use this tom- terminology, but I think she's calling me out and I appreciate how she's done that. Wow. You know, she's done it in a really respectful way and a really kind way and it's really made me reflect you know, I think, like, I work in this area, I know this area inside out, and even for me, I haven't been conscious of thinking what those statements mean to a survivor, you know, of kind of going, oh, you know, you've got to be in a great place to be dating. I still think that that's true, and we'll talk about that, but I appreciate what she's saying. It doesn't mean that you can't date, that you're not entitled to a relationship, that you can never start again. Well, that's it. That's it. Because I, I read this yes. before I heard it. Yeah. Right. Because you sent me the run yeah. sheet, and I read it, and that's what leapt off the page. Mm. It was the bit about where you'd said, um, "Look, wait until you're, mm. you know, right." And I thought, well, the clear logical um, fallout there is, what if you're never ready? Yeah. And so, in fact, what if I never feel like I'm in the right place? Yeah. Yeah. But but in which case. Uh, by default, your answer is you can't do this. Yeah, that's right. No soup for you. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay, and that yeah. that kind of leapt out at me. Yeah, 
And I thought, unless that's stated, and I thought, mm. and that's that's where I shit myself because I thought mm. I'm in no position there. I'm not anywhere near expert enough to say that that could be true for anybody. Mm. Right? Mm. But but that leapt out at me straight mm. away. That um, yeah, she's right. Yeah, and then she went on to answer it right at the end, where mm. she goes, "Things aren't getting better." Mm. Okay, mm. so I think that what you have to what she should consider doing, not what she have to do, but what mm. she consider doing is measuring how you're going mm. and diarising mm. only mm. to yourself, mm. but diarising and um, so consciously looking at it because I think that's if the nuance to me is having this conversation about if you're in a really dark place or you're in a rebound from a really bad relationship or Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's a whole range of circumstances we talk about. I would still maintain that is not the time to date. The, the, the cut and thrust of dating is too intense and you are too vulnerable. But when you're – you don't have to be either in a perfect place because none of us yeah. – I'm not in a perfect place. Yeah. You're not in a perfect place. Okay, but so then what you need uh, to consider doing there is if you're not in a perfect place, I mean if, uh, if the time isn't right, then what, uh, what are the parameters yeah. that will get you to the time is right? Yes. Work out what they're going to be. Yeah. Right. And again, How are you going to know that you're in a good enough place? And I think you're right. Maybe keeping a record of that, whether it's diarising, what, like, yeah. however you do it, yeah, to actually not just wing it. Yeah. Also, the other thing is something that uh, emerged from the eighties. I is <laughs> a thing called a committed listener. Mm. Right. Yes. Okay. And that that's somebody or you know some some people might call it a buddy or whatever mm, mm. but that that's somebody who is strong enough mm. to give you good feedback and yeah. to, and to walk you through what you're doing he's right? not going to bullshit you yeah i think i mean and she said it herself and i think i would reiterate it is not about not dating it's about acknowledging and this isn't fair but it's just true mm. that if you've come from a trauma background of any kind you've got extra work to do when you're dating. And one of those things I think is having, and she said this herself, what supports have you got in place? Yeah. So I would say in the spirit of what you've just said, let's say you have a group chat yeah. with two or three of your best friends that you really trust. And when you go on a date, you say, this is what happened. You don't edit. Yeah. You don't, like if he's rude to the fucking white yeah. staff, you say it. Yeah. Or he gave me this compliment or he did, like good and bad. Put it out there and have another perspective. Okay. And trust that they go, mate, I think that one's a red flag. Or no, he sounds great. Also have conditions of satisfaction or conditions. Yes. Before the date. Before the date. This is a deal breaker. Yeah. But But if you make a list and do this with your mates, Mm. 
or your therapist or whoever it is, have a list of deal breakers and it could be something like if they don't ask me about my about me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that goes for everything, not just dating, right? That yeah. goes for um, my relationships with my colleagues. You know, you see a yeah. lot of – during the comedy festival, we see a lot of people that you don't normally see. And mm. uh, I tend to put a little asterisk next to people who don't ask me what I'm doing. Yes, you know, well, what's yes. been going on. Yes. Yeah. And those deal breakers will be different for everyone. She has to make them herself. But I think even though it's fucking unfair, when you do have a trauma background or and or I think she mentioned mental health issues, you do need to be more alert to these things. You actually are more vulnerable. Yeah. That's the truth. And so it doesn't mean you can't date, but you need some support, conscious supports in place and just do it consciously. But I 100% want to reiterate, I want to apologise, honestly, yeah, because right. I do not think – it's not a reflection of what I think. I think that you are absolutely entitled to love and dating yeah. and you deserve it. I just want you to be careful. Hi, Nelly. I'm calling from the Gold Coast where I listen to you very frequently and apparently I live under a rock because I do not know who majority of your co-hosts have been, which is fine. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. I've loved everything about what you're doing, especially I love that it's okay to not want to do things. It's okay that I have preferences for some things over others. And you've even given me a lot of things to think about when I talk to my teenage daughters about what their lives are going to look like relationship-wise moving forward. So thank you for everything you do. I've particularly loved that I'm okay to embrace who I am and what I'm doing and to be selective about my coven of people who are cheerleaders for me and I'm doing the same in return. So thank you, have a lovely rest and we'll see you when you come back. God, I'm scared. I haven't even, I don't even know what I'm going to say. It's Wes Snelling here. One of my, um, I don't know, like, I love listening to, well, I and have the luxury of listening to Nellie Thomas on a phone call sometimes at over a margarita somewhere. But I love listening to the podcast because of what uh, Nellie, you, dear Nellie, bring out in people and you listen and you respond. And that's the best kind of podcast to listen to. You listen. You actually listen to people and I appreciate that and I think uh, your listeners do and I love you and I adore you. Love Wes Snelling. I just wanted to say a huge thank you to you Nelly, and to your friends and everyone who's been involved with the podcast as it's so affirming for well, I'm going to speak for over 40s women right now. Um, it's, it's so affirming for, yeah, single women. Um, I live in the country. I'm, you know, a rural lesbian, uh, yeah, foster carer. And it can be really quite isolating. And it's really, really wonderful to hear such a diverse group of voices. And... 
it, when I say sort of it gives you hope, I don't mean hope of finding a partner or anything like that. It gives you hope about being comfortable um, where you're at and that's a really wonderful thing. So I thank you for that. I was very late to lose my virginity. Oh, fantastic. So, well, oh, I we thought talking? it was late, but then I hear other things. I go, well, it wasn't that late. I, I don't know. Look, for me it was late because I was the last one. I was oh. Like also I was the last one to get my period, you yes. know, like I was a late developer. Yeah. Like, so I was 19. Yeah, isn't that absurd that that seems like i know so you similar age to me i'm guessing i'm i'm 50 i'm 55 i'll be 56 in may okay so a little bit older but yeah yeah that then like that just doesn't seem late to me no 19 no but at the time at the time it felt like an eternity and i think it was also because i was a young uni student like yeah. i started uni when i was 17 yes yeah, turning 18 so yeah so grown i was up. so the other all of my other yeah, contemporaries were a bit older and made all, you know, of course, yeah. And did you ever pretend to have lost your virginity when you hadn't? Um, I can't, no, not really. All, no. It was like I'm such a heart on the sleeve. Yeah, Everyone yeah. knows You're what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So to be always, you know, people just saying, are you still a virgin? Yeah. You know, just straight out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. these actors? No. No, no, no. no. They that were, sounds like a very performer thing to do. Um. Some of them might have been, but others yeah. would just be close friends. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And was it, like, was that in a relationship or was it, a, like, unexpected? It turned out to be a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it was, funnily enough, it was someone that I'd, I worked with at a supermarket. I, I was, at, you know, like, <laughs> like when it was on a uni student. Oh, my God. So I took a year off uni. I did the first two years. Yeah. And then I took a year off to lose my virginity yeah. and... <laughs> Not consciously, but what are you doing, Genevieve? Just getting late. I'm just going to get a route and I'll be back. I just got to tick it off. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. felt like I had a bit of learning, a bit of uh, you know, because yeah. I was studying acting and sort of drama teaching and all that sort of stuff, and I I felt like a kid, like a little yeah. kid in a big kids world, yes. and um, yes, and oh, I was, but yes. I wasn't when I came back. I was yeah. very worldly. <laughs> Did you feel transformed after um, that? A little bit, but it was probably more because then I sort of had this little relationship and I mean, it was over in a minute. But um, And then it, it was like getting a, the monkey off your back yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So I... It's a rite of passage for a lot of people. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, and I think in some ways that puts so much pressure on it too mm. because people expect it to either be good and or transformative and it can be bad and you're the same. Yeah. Or... Yeah. It might be like in your experience where you go, actually, I do feel different. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I just feel, I don't know, yeah, like a woman. Yeah. Like a woman. <laughs> the way you said it. Okay. Funny bones. If you could see oh. her face. <laughs> <laughs> and that, so during, so when did you meet your husband? Okay, so I met uh, Tim in 1994. 94. So you are late 20s. Yeah. Late 20s. So, again, I mean, I don't think of that as late. No, but, but again, it felt a hundred percent. I was the only one without a, you know, partner or a fiance or a, you know, yeah. like yeah, or that I, you know, everyone lived with someone or yeah, whatever, and it did feel late. And how did you meet him? 
We met doing a theatre production together at the um, – it was a Melbourne Theatre Company, Sydney Theatre Company yeah. co-production. So it rehearsed in Melbourne. So yeah. I'm Melbourne-based and he was Sydney-based. Yeah. So they came down – so half the cast was sort of, you know, more or less half the cast from Sydney, half from Melbourne. It rehearsed in Melbourne and opened in Melbourne and then did the Sydney season. So – he was one of the Sydney boys, and I, I, I just thought he was gay. I, yeah. I was, you know, like because he well, was an male actor. and he's an yeah. actor, and he, he yeah. lives in Sydney, and he's from Sydney. He's from Sydney. He's going to be heading up Mardi Gras, right? So I, yeah. I just buddied up with him, yeah, you yeah. know, and yeah. um, and then s- sort of I don't know, just developed feelings, yeah. and 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 uh, also quickly uh, clarified that he wasn't gay, but yeah. not, you know. Not that there's you, anything wrong with that. And you wouldn't be the um, first straight woman on earth to fall in love with a gay man, let's be honest about that. Well, that's true that. too, yeah, 100%. Yes. And I think it's the it was the gentleness of his nature. Right. So is he a sensitive soul as well? Yeah, he is. So you had a showmance, which is what everything you're not meant to do. Correct. Don't shit where you eat. Correct. Don't date another performer. Correct. All the re- But it's what we're – 20 more than 20 something years later yeah well 20 it'll be 29 years 29 in november years. that's ridiculous bloody hell and i remember the late great bob hornery who was a, a, an actor and um a beautiful man yeah much older than the rest of us in the cast sort of thing and he, and he had the he was staying in the apartment next door to us in sydney and he said yeah. and he used to he had this great sort of camp quality of he said, oh for God's sake, darling, don't get involved with any of your co-stars. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Tim and I are already banging next yeah. door. And, you know, like, well, he's probably so, heard that and yeah. gone, I better give her a little bit of a warning. <laughs> and then if you're going to take that on. No, I remember telling him about three weeks later, you know, Bob, how you said, and he goes, I know, darling. Yes. I and know. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Do you, and this sounds like a joke, but I don't mean it to be, mm. but given you've been together for 30 years, basically, mm. do you remember that limerence phase, that phase where you can't get enough of each other, not just sexually, yeah. but obviously that's part of it, yeah. but where all their habits are fun, oh, totally. like nothing annoys you, yes. you ignore any red flag, oh. <laughs> it doesn't matter, it's just like I can't, I just can't get enough of Yeah, I do remember that. I re- and do, is that fond feelings? Oh, it is a fond. It is, they are fond feelings. Uh, like stupid things. Like Tim had this bruise on the back of his leg, so he was trying to pull up his jeans, the bottom of his <laughs> jeans, to show me. This was in rehearsals, so we haven't really got together. But he's pulling up the jeans, and on the third sort of tug, he just lets rip this massive fart. <laughs> You know, with the effort of it, and oh, I'm on the floor. You know, pull I'm just finger. like great, total yeah. pull my finger. Because you're a good working class girl. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and okay. that's the humour. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. it was all farts yeah. in our house. Don't that's, take that's just there's seriously. nothing funnier than a fart. A hundred percent. And and then another incident where he we went out for food and stuff, and he got this dessert, or we shared a dessert or something, and at the end he just put the like spoon and fork to the side of the plate, picked up the plate and just licked, licked it. it, licked the <laughs> shit out of it. And I was just like, yeah, you'll do. The taboos. You'll do. Yeah, I love that, especially with a gentleman. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah, like if a kind of macho alpha's doing that shit, it mm-hmm. really annoys me. Oh, totally. But if it's a sweet guy, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, because it's unexpected. That's right. There's where the humour is. Yeah, that's right. Because you sort of know it's a parody yeah. of himself. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, yeah, I love right. that. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, this is purely from my point of view, but mm-hmm. the peak of your fame mm-hmm. is sort of Comedy Inc. days. Yeah. Would I, you say so? Um, or? Yeah, I probably, you know, like to be honest, the, probably that and then probably the Barbara from Bank world. A-Z yes. ads. And I do, when I say fame, I don't mean success. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean being recognised yes. and all that yeah. sort of 100%. stuff. Yeah, 100%. That's yes. where people recognise me from. Yes. Comedy Inc. Yeah. and the Barber from Bankwell yes. ads. Yes, of course. Yeah. Iconic. So, yeah. And is that pre or post Tim? Uh, post. And how yeah. did he handle that? Like oh. I particularly think if you've got two performers, mm. I yeah. assume you're like – Peaking, well, yeah, yeah. How did he cope with that? Well, when we, th- I think this is the timelines. When we first started shooting Comedy Inc., well, he was he was thrilled for me yeah. to have that job. Yeah, and then he started his teaching degree, or right. he started actually teaching. He might okay. have already done the degree and had. Yeah, the job around that time, yeah. like he did it. Yeah, so he had another interest. Yeah, he um he he because of the work ethic. Yeah. So he yeah. went, well, this won't do. I'm doing bits and bobs acting. I'm, yeah. I'm um, working in the warehouse at Shock Records. Yeah. I, I need to have a bit of a think. Was he really at Shock Records? He really was. He sounds very cool. Well, we have cool friends yeah. <laughs> that got him the job. <laughs> I mean, other than pull my finger, he sounds really cool. Totally. And yeah. also um, we used to get so many great CDs and stuff, yeah. you know, like so it was really great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he... So he supported your ascendancy. Oh, yeah. That's why he's still married. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we see that, don't we? Yeah. A lot in our business. Yes. In in the business of show oh, in general. Oh, yeah. That I think that's some one of the reasons some showmances don't work. Yes, is yes. Is because one can't handle the other one rising. We never had a moment of that, I can honestly say. Incredible. like. I don't know, I can't speak for Tim down deep down in his psyche, but I pretty much know everything about him. <laughs> um, he was always happy for my successes. Like Love it. Always. Good on you, Tim. Thrilled to bits. Yeah. And, you know, the n- very next minute he'd be on the phone to his mum and, you know, oh, he'd so be, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, celebrate. So yeah. genuinely celebrating your triumphs, yes. which is how it should be. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly how it should 100%. be. So what's wrong with him? All right, are you ready for a listener letter? Yeah. All right, dear Nelly and Harley. Okay. Right. Got a really tough one for you. I've right really on. given you the hard ones, Harley. I'm into it. <laughs> I have terminal cancer. All right. Not you, the no. person writing the letter. <laughs> not okay. The, not that I know of. I'm 65. My girlfriend is 40. I want her to get ready for a life after me. It breaks my heart, but it's for her. She's divorced. She has two daughters. I suggested she try internet dating. But the jealousy killed me, so she stopped. But I've seen several things. One, she totally lacks confidence. I've found that a lot. She needs to build confidence before dating, otherwise she'll never find the right person. Two, every single possible date looks amazing. They sound perfect. I remember this 15 years ago when I was doing internet dating. Every woman was Elle McPherson or Halle Berry. Every man was George Clooney. I met lots of them. They're not what they paint themselves to be. Back to my girlfriend. Although I don't want her to start looking until I'm gone, which is maybe in less than a year, I do want her to know that she can build confidence and that she can go on another chapter, another journey. What should we do? Wow. Lots in there. Oof. Uh, I, I commend that. 
guy yeah, for, for being that opened and understanding what his diagnosis is and yeah. that's you, you're not going to get around it. Yeah. Um, and wanting his partner to find love. Um, He's facing reality. Yes. Right? There's a and movie about this, isn't there? A long, no. There is a movie about this, but it also reminds me of the fabulous show you did that the title eludes me now. Taboo. Taboo, right? Mm. This is where you did an episode with people who knew that they were dying. And we just lost one. I know. Um, it was only, so four years ago we filmed it and Nicole Cooper just um, passed away from bowel cancer and yeah. was an incredible person. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I, I actually sp- have spent a fair bit of time over the last week thinking about her and her husband Tim and their little child because mm. she had a brand new baby. Yeah. When she got that diagnosis, and that kid would be just, just on five, I guess. Life's not fair. No, it's not. No, mm. it's you know, it's uh, it's a clusterfuck at the best of times. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. So I've been around this subject matter, mm. um, and uh, and I wonder how that guy is now, and you, because it, it's a long burn, uh, yeah. a, a terminal diagnosis. Yes. it's not a sudden. No. A sudden death scenario. And so I think it's really great they're talking about it. Um, but I think it's sort of, it goes to the last caller. Mm. Uh, it's a similar kind of thing mm. uh, and because it seems to be around his partner not mm. valuing herself mm. and not loving herself. So I guess it's probably the advice I'm giving to a lot of people about a lot mm. of problems at the moment mm. is you've got to love yourself. Mm. You should be your best friend. You're the one that has to go to sleep with yourself and mm. wake up with yourself mm. um, and, and you can't find a person mm. to treat you well if you're not treating yourself well. Look, I know I don't in any way mean this to be flippant. Um, I mean this sincerely. One of the reasons I love RuPaul and the reason I watch it with my kids is because he says on every episode, if you can't love yourself, how are you going to love anybody else? Yeah, right. And yeah. I feel like for young people, I've got a 15-year-old, I want her to hear that over and over yes. again. Yeah. If you're not in the place where you actually really love yourself, don't date. No, absolutely not. Do not date. Yes. You are not ready. Yeah. You are vulnerable. Yeah. And work on yourself. Build yourself up. Build up your friendships, your interests, all those sorts of things. You can be lonely. You won't die from it. Yes. Yeah. Right? You can be lonely and there'll be a point at which you feel better and yeah. then you'll be ready. Yeah. One of the things I love about this is I love anyone who'll face the reality of shit. Yes. And not avoid it. I can't bear denial. Yes. Right? Yeah. Face the problem. Yeah. He is dying. Yep. Right. He knows she is going to be vulnerable after he's gone. Mm. It reminds me, I don't know if you've ever heard our beautiful mutual friend Maria Bamford talk about this, but when her mum was dying, she set her dad up, like her husband up with a new woman. Great. <laughs> like in their seventies <laughs> or eighties. Like part of me goes, Fuck, she's still got a job to do. Like seriously, the <laughs> shit that wives have to do. But what an act of love. Yeah. You yeah, know, absolutely. Like, she went, I know he needs companionship. Mm. You know, and I think this is his vibe. This is our letter writer's vibe. He's like, I want her to have someone after I'm gone, which is a really generous act. The only thing I would say is, and I know he knows this, but it's worth spelling out, it's her decision. Absolutely. She might not want anybody. Yes. Also, um, I imagine that she quite loves him. Indeed, and she's going to need And is going time. through grief already Correct. and then is going to need a period of, yeah. of mourning and grief afterwards, yeah. um, which doesn't have a timeline. No. Um, so probably her head's not in the game at the moment. Yeah. Because yeah. She's, she's in his world and she, yeah. and she wants to, you know, I, I'm just speculating, but maybe wants to honour him and his mm. life and the end of it. So mm. maybe that other thing will come and it goes back to what we've sort of said about loving yourself. That's the only preparation that she needs. Yes. And then let's probably take care of this issue first mm, mm. <laughs> before we start moving on onto 
other relationships. I think the um, the brutal truth, I think, that has to be spoken here as well is that you can't improve her self-esteem, only she can. Yes. Right, mm. so if your assessment, and we don't have her side of the story, but no. if your assessment is that she, um, you know, is seeing any shiny thing and going, they're amazing, which is a real thing yeah. in dating. Yeah, totally. You can be like blindsided because, you, you know, it's all new and fresh or that she doesn't feel worthy, you actually can't give her that. Yeah. You can tell her repeatedly how amazing she is and that you hope she gets there, but she has to do that work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's yep. internal work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say to our caller intern. Like, what do you say to someone who knows they're dying? You know, like all the normal things that we say to someone, oh, good luck and, you know, all of that. <laughs> best like, of luck. Best of, like, all I can say is that I just, and it all, it's always going to sound cliched and whatever, but it's incredibly brave to face it like this. Yeah, yeah. Like I really respect it. So do I, absolutely. Because I really don't know how it. I'd be. I, I don't either. I, I, can, I can say what I think yeah. I'd do. Yeah. Um, I made a joke about it before we started recording. Yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd just um, lean we into We don't know. We don't know. Um, so, you know, I, I think the only difference between him and us, though, is he's been given a, a little bit more of a definite timeline. Yes, that's right. You know? That's the, right. We all just don't know. He's having to face the reality that's right. of mortality. But to me, it sounds like from what we can go on from the letter, he's actually handling it really well. Yeah, totally. And, you know, hats off. Now, armchair expert, which is one of my favourite mm-hmm. segments, this is where I just hit you with something from the ether. Right. Right, and we just see your reaction. So Amy Silverberg, who I think is on Twitter, RIP, are you still on Twitter? I mean, it's there, but I haven't. It's there, yeah. Yeah. She says, I just want to know your reaction to this. My aunt got a divorce and I asked how she felt and she said, I thought I had an anxiety disorder, but it turns out it was just your uncle. (laughs) What? (laughs) How true is that? How true is that? I've never thought about that. In that way, <sighs> until I read that tweet, and then went suddenly, so many images of relationships yeah, yeah. of people, of friends, totally. and just flooded into my mind. Yep. How does it hit you? Oh, absolutely. It did, like it made me laugh, obviously. Of course, because it's brutal. Yeah, totally brutal. But just go, yeah, totally to go. Truth bomb. Totally. Oh, the thing. The thing that I was worried about was something that someone else was putting on me. It yes. wasn't something that I needed to worry about. Yes. And it was circumstances because, again, I think, I mean, this is a part of a bigger conversation that I get a bit obsessed with. Even though I'm a huge fan of therapy and I've been in therapy since I was in my early 20s, I do think there's a lot of problems with modern psychiatry Uh and psychology in terms of isolating the problems to individuals, you know, so not looking at, well, have they got enough money? Have they got access to healthcare? Are they overworked? What are their family relationships like? Mm. Rather than going, Cal, you've got an anxiety disorder. Yeah. How's your fucking marriage, right? Is (laughs) Uncle Barry a dickhead? Maybe you're not depressed. Maybe you need to get divorced. Yeah, man. And the thing with things like that too is that if – my theory is that people, you want to come back to the easiest course of action and you want things to come back to normal. Yeah. And so you constantly explain stuff away. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why? Because then it's normal and then you don't have to do anything about it? Yes. You know, like... Yes. Um, oh, and if that was just... If I just say that's just an aberration in his behaviour and yeah. not something he does all the time, then mm. I can go, oh, it's just... He was just mm. drunk. He was under or, a lot of pressure. Yes, yes. Or he mm. didn't mean to and he said he won't. Like, as mm. opposed to going, oh, no, every time he drinks, mm. he has a go at you. Mm. That's... Yeah, mm. it's it's just easier. And it's very... To me, it's highly gendered. Like, whether we like it or not, particularly for women of our generation... We have been raised to internalise problems. Mm. So if there's a problem within the extended family, it's our fault. If we have kids and there's a problem with the kids, it's our fault. If there's a yep. problem in the marriage, it's our fault. And I can see this auntie just absorbing totally. all of this and then having this revelation once her marriage ended. <laughs> oh, I can sleep now. Yeah. <laughs> I can, can't yep. you just see it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So cautionary tale for our younger listeners. I remember seeing a meme years ago, before memes were even a thing, where someone said something like, basically, before you decide you're depressed, just check that you're not surrounded by arseholes. Yes. Yeah, I love that. You know, that's always stayed with me. Yep. Like, you are going to feel like shit if you're in a bad relationship. Yes. Yeah. That is not, let's not pathologise that and call it a mental illness. That's being human. Yeah. It's like living next to, uh, living next to, um, I don't know, an industrial like a factory and there's like really loud clanging yes. every night at 2am yes. and you can't sleep and you're yeah. exhausted and you're overtired. Yeah. It's like you don't have insomnia, you live next to a That's clanging right. factory. Yeah. You live through a bushfire, you're not going to breathe well. Yeah. And you, you wouldn't turn around and go, mm, we better investigate for asthma. No, no, no. 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 The smoke. Yeah. It's the smoke. Fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, now this one's a nice quick one, but it just you and I, I just saw it and I thought of you and I as the nerd burgers that <laughs> you and I both are. She says, this is via Go Ask Mum on Instagram. When I die, I want the people I did group projects with to lower me into the grave so they can let me down one last time. <laughs> Because you and I, I mean, you literally love a glue gun. Yeah. But you and I are the glue in projects. Yeah, yeah. Right? We're the doers. Yeah. How seen oh my God. did you feel? Oh, it, I immediately flash back to uh, feminist studies at university yep. and someone's car got broken into and they stole all their notes. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, oh, well, it's all right. I've done a presentation. But group projects at school professional collaborations in comedy, university thing. Like, I'm that one sitting there. Guys, hey, guys, guys. Guys, we've got to have have something to hand in. (laughs) The the deadline was at 5.10. It's 5.15. Yeah. Oh, guys. Oh, Oh. I just, I knew we'd both feel (laughs) sane. Are you ready for some listener calls? Let's do it. Hi, Nelly. I'm really enjoying your new podcast. Thank you for putting all the time and preparation into it. I'd like to um, hear your your advice on an issue. I'm 61 and my 20-year marriage ended 18 months ago and the Single Life of Us podcast actually gave me the courage to go on to an online dating site last July, which I did, and I um, have dated two 
men since then, and both of them were for two months each. But I'm interested in your view on the pace of a new relationship because with both of those men, I met them, we had lunch, got on well, had another date within a week and then another date a few days later and then from then on we were seeing each other every few days, every day, some of the time. So it was pretty full on and I was wondering if you have an opinion on whether it's better to start off on a slower sort of pace at the beginning of a dating sort of relationship when you're getting to know somebody. Thank you. Bye. Kirsty Weebeck, what do you think? Well, we're talking about pacing. Yeah, pacing. Um, I mean, as a fairly veteran lesbian... Uh, the Three second, dates, you the, go, what? The, the second date would have involved moving in. Um, Do you know what? We say that, but you're not like that at all. I'm not. Yeah. No, I was just, I was just uh, making a gag to, to yeah. move into my genuine advice. But, um, I mean, put in context, she's you. 61. Yeah. She's obviously come out of a really long-term relationship. Can I say, firstly, going back into dating, that ta- and I mean this metaphorically, takes balls. Good on you. A lot, yeah. Well done. Loads of courage and that's yeah. awesome and it's great to hear that the single life of us inspired that as well. Yeah. That's awesome and I'm sure that was like something that you really wanted to come out of that yes. podcast as yes. well. So congratulations on achieving that. But, um, yeah, it depends on how you feel, mm. I think. I mean, what what I learned through being a prolific dater in my, in my early 30s was um, to really listen to my own intuition and my yes. own gut. And there were numerous situations that I got myself into where I didn't do yes. that. And then eventually down the track I was a bit in over my head. Yes. And I was like, what a nightmare. But, you know, I, I don't do- pick up on that because that is the key. Mm. It's not the rule. What I hear in what she's saying, even the way she's phrasing it, of mm. kind of eventually, it was a bit full on. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right, it full obviously, on's too much. And if you're asking the question, yeah, it's too much. If you're asking the question, yeah. obviously the pacing is too didn't feel fast. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I, I'd say pull it, pull it back a little bit. Mm. Um, if if you're worried about the pacing, then that's probably a, an internal red flag to yourself. Yes. So maybe the next time that you meet like a lovely gentlemen that you're interested in just for the first few dates just keep it weekly <laughs> so, for a while like trying not to laugh and make fun of you then but you sounded like you're in bridgerton well i said next gentlemen. time you meet a lovely gentleman i like <laughs> i know i know no, i was trying to let it go have, you shouldn't have no you should because i love i don't know why but i've always loved um referring to men as gentlemen Yes. And it, it, it's like it, it started out as an ironic thing, yeah, yeah. but now it's no, just part it's of my lexicon. Yeah. And it's, but I love it. And yeah. it does make people laugh all the yeah. time. And, I, and I'm here for that. So I'm such a lady. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I reckon just let's, if I can bring in some pragmatics for a minute too. Like one of the things that's going in my mind is you're 61 years old and you need financial housing and other security. Mm. So rushing into, certainly into a cohabitation situation, Mm. absolutely not, Mm. right? Take that off the table regardless 
of what any particular body part is telling you. Yeah, yeah, sure. You have to be rational about this stuff. There are too many people who ring in to this podcast and others kind of going, well, now I've lost half my super. Now I, you know, or I can't get him out of the house or her to do whatever. So I'm sorry to be the buzzkill. But she's not actually talking about moving in. No, but no, just no, as no, a no. general thing. Yeah, be bloody on careful. the pacing thing. Yeah, yeah. Because by her age, she's she might have assets. Yeah, say if she owns a house, for example, mm. you got to be careful. Yeah, you do. In the dating pacing, I just think she's answered the question herself. Yeah, by bringing the question up in the first you know, place, it's and like, it's hard to unwind. Yeah, if you go, all right, first three months, I see you. Six times a week and then you feel claustrophobic and go, can we wind it back to three? That's really hard. Yeah, where it's way easier to be like, yeah, just and and you don't even necessarily have to verbalise the boundary. Yeah. Like you can just be like I've I've got things on. Yeah. I, this is my schedule at the moment. Like yes. I'd love to see you for Friday a walk night this week and then yeah, yeah. What, what about dinner next Friday night? Like yeah. you don't have to be like yeah. I'm I'm looking after the pacing of these things mm. and, and, and whatever. Just call it as you see it. Do mm. once a week mm. for as long as you want. Yeah. Like stretch it out for a few months if you want. Or do let's say for example, like I know even Lauren and I've been dating for what eight months or something, mm. and we will still go. Okay, maybe you might stay over Friday night, but we'll have dinner Tuesday night and you go home. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's not an assumption that every time I see you, it's a sleepover or that you're going to be there for three days in a row or that yes. you're going to – you kind of – you can actually set that up. Absolutely. Particularly if you know, and she sounds similar to me, I need that space. Yeah, sure. For a range of life circumstances but also personality. Yeah, yeah you know, sure. I want to take things slowly. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, not at all. I think it's healthy actually. Yeah, Particularly in her circumstance, give your chance, give yourself a chance to get to know this guy. Yeah, and for your gut to kick in. Yeah, and oh, my shoulders a bit tense when I see him. Yeah, what's going on there? Or he was rude to that waiter. Or you know, before your five nights a week. Yeah, yeah, because I've certainly done that before, where I've like just oh, have we all? Launch straight into something because you're I'm, amazing. Yeah, yes. yeah, and then and then you know a few weeks in of hanging out around the clock with this person, yes. you start to be like, oh, oh no, yes. like oh they're actually like a terrible person, yes. or, or like not even just what you were saying, like yes. oh they're rude to yeah. the wait staff at restaurants, like I'm not into that or, or whatever it is. Fundamentally, un, un, not compatible. Yeah, but you've but and, and then you've put yourself in a predicament because. In a way, you've contributed to this mutual love yeah. bombing, yes. I, and then and then you're suddenly getting yourself out of a relationship. That's right. Three weeks in, yeah. Rather than yeah. just yeah. getting yourself out of some casual dating that you're doing. Because the truth is, if you look at it from a healthy psychological, emotional perspective, you should still be say at the three four week mark. You, you're dating, yeah. You know, like if you're feeling like you're in a exclusive relationship by that point these things aren't black and white it's not like it's terrible of course um but you'd want to be thinking about it yeah 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 i would say because i think you know when people ring into podcasts and then they don't get an answer it's really annoying yes yes i think if i were in her position i'd be going once a week Mm. maximum Mm. at least for a month or two yeah i reckon two right once a week actually put your boundary in for yourself yeah yeah. Also, if they hang in there for that, they're keen. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know? I reckon that. I reckon that's good advice as well. I'd go once a week. I reckon too. Maybe another catch up, but that's nothing to do with sex or sleepover. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe you meet for lunch. Yeah. Or little something. walk, little coffee, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. It. God, you love your fucking walking, don't you? I, I'm a big walker. <laughs> I'm a big walker. Such a walker. Maybe go, maybe take them out on Thursday afternoon to kick the soccer ball. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> this, there's a reason no one's ever asked if you or I have dated. They'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> now you'd be sitting on the sideline going, stop with all the running. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hi, Nelly. I'm just listening to the intro of your uh, first special and really sending lots of love and healing vibes. Um, Sorry to hear that you're feeling really overwhelmed. Uh, Yes, I think the sandwich generation sucks uh, sometimes, but good on you for listening to yourself and knowing what's best for you. We'll all be here waiting for you when you return. Love you lots. Bye. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view. Dear Nelly, there's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.